yeah, when I was watching it, I was thinking like, I'm really glad that I basically don't have any mirrors in my apartment mm-hmm. other than the bathroom. The bath, that's the only one. Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I am here with Marvin Reed, and we are talking about a horror film. And we—I don't know if we have—we'll uh, come up. We'll come up with a name for this series of episodes about horror films. Uh, we're talking about Candyman, the 1992 film Candyman, Candyman, directed by Bernard Rose, and um, starring Todd. Uh, oh my gosh, I t- just totally messed that up. Tony Todd. <laughs> well, his first name was Todd. Tony you Todd. Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. <laughs> so Marvin, welcome. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, of course, we are not actually, he's not here in the room with me. We're doing this online uh, with everything that's going on today. But uh, for anybody who has not seen Candyman, which until just two hours ago, I was one of those people who had not seen it Yay. yet. Um, this film is, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Um. It has uh, some crazy stuff that happens in it. Uh, but let me read just the uh, the short synopsis on IMDb. Um, just in case, and also just in case, if, if anybody wants to go watch this film, I would recommend it. Uh, I believe you would recommend it as well. Yeah. Depending on your age, <laughs> we'll get to that later on. But we will talk spoilers before we talk about that anyway. Um, but... Uh, yeah, here's the the very short synopsis from IMDb. The Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student uh, researching the monster's myth. And that's it. That's all they. That's all they say on the uh, the the short synopsis. Anyway, I think they oh, wow. have a full one. <laughs> uh, they have a whole like story that you know how IMDb is. They make it sound so innocent. Right. <laughs> you don't expect really anything at all. No. Okay, so I have a... Okay, here's a question that I have. Was was this film the origin of... Okay, they don't, like, mention it. They don't talk about it. They just, like, show it really briefly. Uh, I'm jumping way ahead here. We're into spoilers territory now. <laughs> Already. Warning, warning. Um... So they go, uh, our two main characters, um, where are their names? Helen and, uh, Bernie, Bernadette. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're, they're grad students. They're the ones who accidentally summon, they, well, I guess they don't accidentally. They they don't believe it's going to do it, but they do it. Um, they summon the candy man, but they're, they're doing like, a um, are they doing their uh, uh, yeah like uh are they a doctorate students or masters it it doesn't matter i think and uh, yeah it's a thesis i don't know they're doing some type of thesis for as grad students and um it's about urban legends specifically about the Candyman legend that is uh what city is this take place in is it uh chicago chicago Chicago, that's right green Um, green Oh, what was the name of the the, the neighborhood again? Uh, Cabrini Green. Cabrini Project. Green. Yes, I did write that down. Um, so yeah, they're like investigating 
this, they're trying, they're, they're, they're interviewing people and all that kind of thing. And they go to, um, this, uh, housing complex or whatever you call it, um, in Cabrini green. And it's where, uh, murder has taken place. And they go and look into, uh, I forget how she figured it out. Was she just like thinking about her own apartment setup or. Yeah, because I they were talking about it's basically gentrification. Like the same mm-hmm. layout for in Cabrini Green is the same layout that she, the Helen, who's the graduate student, had purchased this like really expensive condo, oh. um, and she was and she was like, oh look, like the same way Cabrini Green was built that that project, my my condo was actually a project too. It's like, let me show you how you know the murderer because she doesn't believe in the Candyman. She's like, this is how. They they bust into the other apartments, and right. that's when they go into to that bathroom. And it's like, look, there's it's just a hollow, you know, entry level. Like I can take my window off, and you can see directly in somebody else's, you know, studio or somebody else's apartment. So right, because it's like it's like back to back bathroom cabinets. Yep. Yep. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought. I wasn't exactly sure. Uh, like when it happens, all that she again. I've only seen it once. Were, oh, well, still, looking at it, I don't know how many times I've seen it. Like, yeah. so many, it's like Bernadette. Like, she's like, oh, that makes sense. Like the redlining and how like the, that the, the freeway separates Cabrini Green from where they are. So they're already kind of like middle class citizens right. that are separated by that freeway where Cabrini Green is. Right, because they're like in an area that's by there. I, I assume that they're near the the university. Yeah, very affluent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's like how that spread from where the university with the student and grad student like housing and stuff like that. Like that's how uh, I I assume that that would be the source of the gentrification for the area. Yes. Um. So yeah, they go to the uh to this uh the building where this murder took place, and it's uh they go and find the they they find the apartment where that murder took place and mm-hmm. she goes and looks to test the theory of oh did this, is this how a candy man came in or whoever the murderer is mm-hmm. um uh so yeah this is what i was getting to she she climbs uh, it's totally crazy that she does this that she climbs into the cabinet <laughs> into that other apartment and is looking around in there it's like I I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know what she's thinking this entire movie, but I don't know either. Her friend, friend was like, "Don't do it." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And Bernie is is was the sensible like, no, don't go in there. What are you? Um, but she goes in there and she finds this pile of candy. Oh yes, and there's a razor blade in one of the pieces of candy. So this mm-hmm. is my question because I don't remember. I remember as a kid hearing about like razor blades and apples and razor blades and candy and stuff for how ha- during Halloween and everything. Mm-hmm. I always so check I, your candy. Yeah. So I'm wondering is, did they put that in the movie because that is a real thing or like a real worry? Not maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. actually a real thing or was it a real, it was a real world worry because of the, because of the movie or other movies. I don't know if this was the first movie that referenced that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen I think I've seen that reference in the Halloween movies before. 
Mm. I think it was really quick, like when the kid is like, they were, I think it was in the second one, or there isn't there in the hospital, and the kid is being carried on a bed, and mm. he's like, she's like, he's like, I told, the mom's like, I told you to check the apple before you bit it. Like, it was really subtle. So I think at that time, it was just part of pop culture. Right. Like, right. always just check your candy, and um, that was, I think they were kind of playing on that idea. Right. And is, is, is that why he's called Candyman? Well, no, actually, he's called Candyman, and it's, it's the, the story's told when the Helen and Bernadette are at the dinner table right. with the other professor, and she's like, he's like, oh, you've been in Candyman territory. Like, I've already done an, many, many, re- so much research on, on him, and so many papers, like, you're behind. And so she's, he's like, you don't know the story behind the Candyman? And then he tells the story, and basically, yes. um, you know, because he was the, the slave owner's he, got, he had an affair with the slave owner's daughter and they chased him mm-hmm. through the fields of basically where Cabrini Green is now. They chased him through the fields right? and they smothered him in the honey. And then a kid, um, and this, I don't think it says it in this one. It says it in the second one when you watch it. And so there's obviously Candyman too. Right. It, there's a kid who says, mm, Candyman. So the kids, the, basically the kid made his name up. Oh. Because okay. he tasted the honey on his, uh, um, from the beehive. Oh, from the original guy. Yeah. The kid there mm-hmm. did it. I yes. see. Okay. And then that's when the townspeople, they all joined in on it and said, okay, we'll call him that. Okay. I got you. That makes sense with the honey. That's where it started. Right. So it's just, uh, so he's kind of the can't, the actual candy then is maybe like a, like, oh, I'm candy man anyway. So I may as well do some stuff with candy. With candy, I guess. Yeah, play around with it, you know. <laughs> um, cool. Or, uh, yeah, that's a good... Uh, yeah, I, that's, all I was, that's all I was wondering about that point. That's like such a small detail and such a small detail so to start, small. start the <laughs> whole discussion about. But um, there are lots of jumping, jumping off points there. Uh, for sure. <laughs> um, so, like you said, we uh, there's another professor who, and that that professor, I believe, is played by the director Bernard Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like he he's like, oh well, I did a, a thesis on this ten years ago. You don't know the story and all that. Being real condescending, of course. And um, so yeah, he tells that story that you uh, that you just. Um, uh, summarized there um and i thought that was interesting like it's so weird that it's like this whole group like is is all of their because we also see her husband helen's husband mm-hmm. is also a professor and he was doing we see part of a lecture at the beginning of yes, the movie at the beginning and mm-hmm. he's talking about urban legends yeah, folklore. It's modern oral folk- folklore. So, like, it's all, they're all just folklore, or I don't even know what topic, that's just what their field of academics is. It seems like, yeah, they're in that same department. Yeah. Which I didn't know was a, like, I, I didn't think that was a specific field of study, let alone <laughs> to have at least two tenured professors yeah. with expertise in it. And two, at least two graduate students, and a whole lecture hall full of people. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that could be 
I guess they could be, be just like general. It could be just a general class, but good. That fulfills their. But like you said, it was <laughs> their GE. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna learn about urban legends. It may be true, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I thought that aspect of the film was uh, was interesting. And you've seen you've seen all three of the films so far, right? Yes. Yes. Um. Would, the is first this two first... are the only good ones. Oh, the third one is not good. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, I was reading a, a little bit, mostly of the the page on the new movie. We'll talk about the the upcoming new movie later. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but I think it is really cool that um, uh, Tony Todd has played Candyman in all of the movies, and mm-hmm. will won't get into this beyond. He will be the Candyman in the next movie as well. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, I I really like that actor. I think he's, yes, he's, he's excellent. He has amazing voice. He does the voice of Darkseid in a lot of stuff. Did you um, know he was in Final Destination? What's that? He was in Final Destination. Oh, I haven't seen those movies. Oh, yeah, he plays a coroner. <laughs> okay. Um, That's his role, and he was in—I think he was in Wishmaster. Yeah, he's been a lot of horror movies, which is awesome. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, he's uh, Dark Side in the DC animated films. He does mm-hmm. the voice a lot there. I guess he did—he did the voice of—I haven't seen this Transformers movie, but he's the voice of the Fallen. And I thought, oh well, that sounds like something that he would be a great voice for for sure. Mm, yes, yes. Um. What else is he in? Um, so many, so many horror franchises he's appeared in, or done voices and stuff for. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, anyway, I'm I'm really I'm I, I'm even as I I was looking up stuff for. So I got kind of spoilers for this movie while I was <laughs> looking up stuff about the ne- the the new one. I knew it, yes. Um, but oh, is he in all of the Final Destination movies? Well, he's or just like yeah, a couple, like just the well, uh, he's been in all of them like a little like um, little vignette, but the main ones he's in the first two. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So it's like kind of like flashbacks, maybe kind of thing. Flashbacks, and like they're trying to figure out like why is this happening? Why are all my friends dying? And he's like, well, you know, death has a has a pattern, and you know, it's gonna go. Like he's trying, he's telling them like how this is happening, right? As right. he's because he's you know, cremated all of their, all the kids, <laughs> you know, right. like death has a purpose and you're going to, you know, you're part of the pattern and, and, you know, make sure that you don't try to skip, you know, if you, if death skips, you, it's going to come back and get, it's going to come back and get you somehow. And it seems like that voice. Right. For the movie. Nice. Like, remember what he said? Remember what he told us that it, you know, death comes in threes. Remember it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 I need to watch the, I think I maybe saw one of the first couple. Mm-hmm. But I honestly can't remember. Oh, okay, so I, I did, before we talk more about this movie, I uh, I totally skipped. Uh, I mentioned maybe talking about this stuff first. But uh, how how long or like how long have you been a horror film fan? Like, uh, is it your favorite genre or one of your favorites or like what what is your whole history? Not whole history, but you know you know what I mean. <laughs> It all started when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Um, well, <laughs> the original horror it, film. <laughs> the original. 
um, I think when I was, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of sick to say this, but when I was like in preschool, uh-huh. like I think the, the very, my mom just was into, you know, those classics. You know, I remember the very first one I watched, which I don't know, would you count this as a horror, but Leprechaun? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that was the very first one I watched and I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. But um, I don't think it's it's not too scary, but it's just funny. And then mm-hmm. she went, she like progressed through. It like started off with that, then it went to Child's Play, and okay. from Child's Play, it went to Freddy. This Kruger. is still in preschool. <laughs> this is like preschool. Yeah, this yeah. is preschool. Oh my god! <laughs> so it went from you know all the Child's Plays and the Freddy Kruegers and the Jasons and uh, Michael Myers, all like those movie monsters, and then that's when it finally came to you know the Candyman. Right, but that was like I feel like the Candyman really like just scared me so much, just specifically because he was a black monster, <laughs> and right. I'm like, oh my god, this this is re- <laughs> this feels real. Uh-huh. And two, the music, that music, that that Philip Glass was really um, chilling. Yeah, because it was so minimalistic. Is it? But it, it was the organs and uh, just going off on the oh. music real quick. Uh, the opening, the opening title sequence that was Philip mm-hmm. Glass too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. It it also reminded me so much like some of the action movie or not action, uh, some of the horror movies from this time and like late eighties, especially, um, like Halloween. All those yes. movies, he like did the music himself and came up with the music, and it's all synthesizers and everything. Yep, synthesizers. Mm-hmm. And this one with the Philip Glass, I mean, there's still like the synthesizer kind of sound to it, but it's it is also orchestral, and yes. I really like that about well mm-hmm. Philip Glass in general that it does have that electronic because it's like all like math kind of based very, and all very that kind layered. of thing. Um, but here, I always love hearing that with real instruments. Um, and stuff like that so uh, yeah i really like because it did remind me of uh because shining also had lots uh, lots of synthesizer in its Mm -hmm. soundtrack um oh by uh, a future episode have you seen dr sleep yet no i have not oh my gosh you've seen the shining right yes i have okay um how many times okay how many times have you seen the shining twice but that once again this as a kid right okay as a kid so there's so much that i missed that i didn't really like, interpret yeah but i remember i've, I've seen it twice okay so th- this will be a perfect one for you to see dr sleep uh when was the last uh was with both times as a kid or did you watch it as an adult also <laughs> both say probably first and then fifth grade okay <laughs> so, so it's been a while as an adult it's been a while okay so i think it's gonna be great because i i actually don't think i had ever seen the whole film until right before i saw dr sleep um like having gone to film school like we would see we would watch parts of it like a lot mm-hmm. a lot like uh so i felt like i had seen the whole film but i actually hadn't at all um (laughs) it's a totally different thing seeing it all at once but um dr sleep so like it didn't get a whole lot of attention i thought um it wasn't clear that it was even had anything to do with the shining because it has a Mm -hmm. completely different name Uh, yeah so I i think that didn't help anything as far as like shining fans go 
And then also, I think people who were shining are shining fans probably are like, oh, rolling their eyes. Like oh, they're making a sequel to it. What was that about? Or whatever. <laughs> uh, so I can see like all those factors like working against it. I thought. Um, and I think, uh, and I feel like there's going to be some similarities to that because uh, with the new Candyman, that is a direct sequel to the film. Um, mm, a spirit, they say a spiritual sequel. Right. Whereas like the, the second and third Candyman films are not, it's Mm-mm. the character, but it's not the story that doesn't continue that same story. Right. Exactly. Um, it, it takes place in a completely different like part of the world but mm-hmm. you know it's it's still like the second one is like, in new orleans i thought i think i read or is that the third one it's no that's the second one because it, second it one. takes okay. place with with um what's her fate the 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 slave master's niece i think it's it's, it's somewhere within her the, the ancestry where it's like he meets her but then also the grandmother oh. who's directly relate like she tried to erase him from their history I so see. it's kind of going. It's going back to the first one, as far as like Helen didn't believe in him. Like, like so it continues his Candy story. Man's family, yes, but and not you get to get a little deeper. Right. Oh, I gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So anyway, uh, we'll get more into that when we talk about the 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 new one coming out. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think we should do Doctor Sleep for sure. Doctor um, Sleep. Okay. And I'd be, I'd be very interested. Uh, because like like me, if you've only seen Shining a couple of times, and I feel like people who love The Shining just like really really love it, and like are kind of obsessed with it maybe, and I feel like it's kind of advantage, especially for enjoying Doctor Sleep, to not really care that much about The Shining, because um, it's I think it's an awesome movie. Doctor Sleep is amazing, but. Um, Anyway, a big sidetrack for, for Dr. Sleep. Um, what were we talking about? The- oh, I said, oh, but, uh, when did I start? So I like, def- definitely like those classic yeah, yeah, horror yeah. films. And then, yeah, the music just really, that's, I think that's oh, when music. I really started. To, yeah, that music reminded me of Shining. To always look into the music. And so with this soundtrack in particular, it just, it kind of made me think of what I was watching uh, Get Out and Jordan, the direct, the music, the composer, I was talking to Jordan Peele as far as like, well, what kind of music are you mm. looking for for this, for this, you know, movie? And he was like, I don't want anything soulful. I don't want any. I want you to take, you know, all the things that's hopeful about black music and just suck the life out of it. Like, uh. So that's what Michael. Michael was like, so you're saying you want like gospel horror, nice. and that's where this music kind of, it's gospel horror to me, where it does, you know, it's very orchestral, very symphonic, but then it's also very dark. Right, it's a dark undertone, but then it is very, which I think that's kind of the music, the movie. It's like it's just, it feels very dark, but it's, it's very romantic. It's very romantic at the same time. Yeah, as far as there's like a love story, but then it also is very dark. And so that's why I, I, that's my interpretation um, of the soundtrack, where it's like there are some light layers, but then it's like if you listen really carefully to the undertones, it's it's pretty dark. So um, that's what I was always so afraid to really. Um, listen and watch that movie back in the, on VHS. Yeah, but I think that what really did it for me as a child was you know when you're little, you sleep with your parents, and so we had a bed with the the at our at our feet was the a mirror with the the dresser. And right. So I'm, with, I'm sleeping with my mom, and 
so I said, I'm specifically, this was like probably preschool, like TK, like I was young. Uh, uh, vanity, <laughs> that's what it's called. I was trying to think of what it's called. Very vanity, young. yes. <laughs> and so she's like, go to sleep. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to. I'm not tired. And then she's like, I'm going to call him. And I'm like, please don't, please. And she, she, she called Candyman four times. <laughs> and so like, I thought it was cool to sleep with one eye open when I closed. Like, oh, I'm sleeping. Yeah. But she looked and she said, you ain't sleep. I'm going to call him again. And I was like, no, please. And she says, and he calls his name for the last time. And so I'm crying. It's like, like, he'll be here any minute. And so she lays, she turns over while her other hand is like behind her. And she like has her nails. And she's like, claws up my, my, my legs. And I'm like screaming. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I promise. (laughs) And I was just in tears. (laughs) I went to bed. I was so scared. And you know, when your eyes adjust to the dark, like, you start to, you, you see stuff when your eyes are adjusting. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm seeing the, the black, the brown, that trench coat and I'm getting freaked out, you know? Yeah. So to this day, like, I'm just, I'm a little traumatized because of that. Thanks mom. I'm a little yeah. traumatized because of that. <laughs> Cause you saw this when you were like in kinderg- kindergarten about? TK, TK, like preschool. Pre- the, oh, this was preschool too. Oh man. This was preschool. Like she, this was like, the, she was only like in her probably late twenties going yeah. to her thirties. Like, she was young. She was, you know, she was young. Like she was like my age. Like just watching movies and yeah. We just we would rent. We we go to the the blockbuster at that time, mm-hmm. and like that's when it started to get to the, the later nineties. And then we, I know what you did last summer. Scream like that's. <laughs> yeah. I grew up all that. So I'm just like that, but that, that ninety early nineties esque time. The, the movies were simple, but they were so scary. It was very scary. Yeah. Well, this is a good uh, segue into talking about, like, uh, just seeing horror films in general. I mean, that's all pretty much what you've been talking about is seeing horror films as a kid. Like, how young should mm. should should little kids see at least, like, a couple <laughs> of really scary things, maybe? Mm. Is that a it's, good idea? Or... <laughs> Or are you? Are, is it a disservice to kids for them not mm. to see anything scary until they're older? Like, should there at I, least be like a couple? Maybe, maybe if it's lighter scary stuff like a Gremlins mm. or something like that. Okay. Well, uh, teaching third grade, you'd be mm-hmm. surprised. Like these kids have seen it. Oh my so god! It, it one and two. Oh and wow! They they. And I mean, just the whole how it to start. That's like eight or day. eight or nine years old in third grade, yes, right? Yes, yes. And they yeah. can tell you exactly what happened. They can tell you the the characters, the theme, a plot. They can tell you all of the the parts of a narrative. They can tell you. Wow. And yeah. I'm like, so you can tell me this, but when I ask you to tell me what you just reread, you're having a hard <laughs> time with the comprehension. But you can visually tell me who it is and why he's doing what he's doing. Like it's it's crazy that they've seen. The, it's it too. I'll be I'll be honest. Like the first it, the original. Yeah. It wasn't as um. It's not, say yeah, this? it's not too it, bad. It's not. It's not too bad. It's not like super one, like, gory or mm-hmm. like yeah. It it the, this this new generation. It started off with a hate crime. Like literally, uh, two gay men were killed and, and mm. it was like beaten. I know the hate crime, and these kids saw that. Like, and it was just yeah. I was I'm surprised that these kids like at that age are processing that, taking that in, and then just, it's whatever. But then yeah. again, you have to also think about the parents, like, maybe they don't have daycare, or uh, childcare, or maybe they have to take their kid with them. Right. But really, you're going to take your kids through that experience? Like, or the, the parents <laughs> are, are probably around our age, 
Yes. So back, uh, back to my mom, though. Like, and so <laughs> when they were kids, they probably saw some Candyman. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I, I actually, the earliest movie I remember, I don't remember anything about the movie. I just know that I did see it, the Tim Curry it, yeah. when I was little. And right. I, I just remember being terrified. I don't even know if I saw the whole movie. I maybe only just saw little parts of it. When my parents and my uh, my sister, who's about four years older than me, um, so it made more sense for her to see it because she was probably like ten or something. Like ten is still like really young, but um, <laughs> to see any <laughs> version of it. Man. But um, yeah, I think that's the earliest horror movie, like straight up horror movie, I remember uh, that I just have any memory of is the original it. Um, but yeah, I I uh I definitely watched Gremlins. Okay. And I loved that as a kid. And it I wasn't like number it, 2. Yeah, number batch. 2 was great. Number 2 was great too. <laughs> number 2 was more silly. It was more like yeah. fun. Which was <laughs> great for kids. Um <laughs> I don't know if it really was meant I actually I haven't watched the second one in a long time. Maybe it's not actually <laughs> for kids at all, but <laughs> No. <laughs> Uh, but I did watch, I, I saw Gremlins in the theater a few years ago, maybe, well, like 10 years ago now, like getting really old, but, um, but again, seeing it as an adult, as opposed to when I was a kid, I was like, this did not age well at all. Like it is <laughs> a ridiculous kind of bad movie, <laughs> <laughs> but as a kid, it was a great, it was great. Um, and of course all the references you can make to mogwais and gremlins is uh, that that'll never go away never get old for me that's for sure um uh, i'm trying to think of uh, so for me i didn't really like horror movies all that much um growing up uh, i think gremlins was probably the only one it, it was probably because i saw it that I was like no i don't want to be scared <laughs> but um the movie that got me into horror again I actually had the opportunity, like, I got an email or something to see um, uh, Your Next. Oh, yes. It was like a couple months, or, or maybe it's only like a couple weeks before it came out, like, uh, widely. And that's released. the one with the house, right? Where they're, like, there's these teens in a house and they're, they're trying to, like, the last one standing or something? Um, like, it's is, there, is there I think it's a family. There's the, the animal masks. And actually, yeah. I feel bad that I don't remember exactly what happens in it, but it's amazing, and uh, it's a sla- it's a total slasher movie. Because it um, kind of had the uh, the stranger's feel to it. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, because it was the neighbors. Feel. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, spoilers for your next. Sorry, Sorry. everybody. <laughs> kind of spoilers. <laughs> I don't remember if it was it's actually. The, the, uh, I don't. The, na- there's something to do with the neighbors. I don't remember if it, uh, it might. That might not be a spoiler or anything. But they're like in, they're like in a like the like a mansion kind. It's of like house, a mansion like. with uh, the, the the neighbors are kind of far away. They're like in the uh, there's like woods and stuff around the house that it's like that kind of setup. But that's like the setup for like half of those types of movies anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I got like an email for a free screening of that. It was like early and it was part of promotion for this mile high horror film festival that was going to be happening like the next month or something. And I saw that movie. I was like, Oh, this is, that was amazing. 
I love this. And then I got me hooked on horror films because as an adult, I was like, oh, it's they're not scary. Or like they are, but it's like it's it's just a movie. It's not going to kill me. And, and, and they're you're, actually and you're pretty looking fun. for the nuance. Yeah, like what is is there a, is there a message behind what this movie is about? Mm-hmm. Is there uh, is it not is it just a slasher film, or are they commenting on uh, relationships or society societal issues and all that kind of thing? With it, which Candyman definitely does. Um, mm-hmm. uh so yeah but uh the the okay so what would you say your favorite couple of not like not in any order particularly but what are some your favorite uh horror films that you would recommend um, probably the whole Freddy Krueger series. Oh, so okay. n- number two, and but the whole the whole series. I think it's a it's a beautiful work of art, okay. and um, it just it, it it holds up. Like it just, I I think that was around the first time, like around the eighties, nineties, where they were really playing around pop culture and right. how a monster can 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 be scary, but then also funny. But the uh, Leprechaun too. But I feel with Freddy Krueger, he started off with not too much. Um, pop culture references and then the directors really started to play with that. Right. And then it's like, Oh, we can put some pop culture in there. And there's like one in like number three spoiler, like one person dies. It's welcome to prime time. Oh and yeah. I was like those little fun little jabs. I think it's, 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 it's quite a ride to experience the whole it's kind, uh, Freddy Krueger. In kind of a way, uh, like action eighties action movies, like started to do that. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. the one liners and things like that. Um, like, really like about but they were scary but i really like mm-hmm. about every and like have, have your dreams and like my favorite one is when they they, they got powers they get they have dream powers oh okay. so that's they were trying to, they were trying to dream warriors i need i need <laughs> to wa- i need to watch those because um my favorite movie is like since i only just started watching probably like the last five or six years like getting caught up oh, wow. on all kinds of stuff um so there's a lot like Candyman i hadn't seen and there's a lot of older movies I haven't seen, like all the Freddy. I I think I've maybe seen the first one. Oh um, yeah, for Johnny Depp. Uh, and even that I don't really remember it. Uh, but like hearing that's like Freddy Krueger is in your dreams and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. Uh, because I've I've before I got more into uh adding horror films into the fold. Uh, all about the science fiction stuff. Mm. And there's so many great like hybrid franchises that bring sci-fi into that horror world or vice versa. That like also alien. I think I, I saw alien when I was a kid, but yeah, I, didn't rem- I didn't remember it uh, very well. Cause I didn't, uh, cause it was scary. Um, but like now I have more even more appreciation for stuff like that where it's like crosses over. But I need uh what you said about the Freddy uh, Freddy Krueger movies, the Dream Warriors mm. and stuff like that. Um my favorite actually I, I really like the conjuring. Yeah. Um, that series yeah. is great. And that whole universe that they've been building <laughs> and connecting together is amazing. And I love every every new one that comes out, like the nun. And yeah. uh, Annabelle, Annabelle, 
Origins or whatever the other. I don't even remember the name of all the movies. There's so like, many. That whole James Wan, James Waniverse of horror is awesome. But uh, I don't think it's part of the universe. But um, oh, why can't I remember the name of it? It's Insidious. Also, uh, yeah, the Insidious movies. I like those. Those are so good. I, I like those really even more. Like those. And the I think there's been three so far. There've been three. Uh, four, okay, so three. Which I think it's probably four with the key. The key is the fourth one, I think. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I if there's a fourth one. I don't think I've seen it yet. Because it's what because it talks about the lady's story, like how she. It's it like really the goes origin. back. The origin of yes. Let's I see. think that. Oh, I the last think. key. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. No, I haven't seen that yet. Um, I saw. Let's see. So we have the Insidious, then Chapter yeah, and Two then and Chapter Three, chapter two. and I think, <laughs> I think when Chapter Two came out, I I went to a double feature of it because I hadn't seen the first one. Oh, and Alamo Drafthouse did a double feature, and it was it was awesome. It might have been trip. it might have been actually been a triple feature. Which and the, and the music in that one is is a trip. Like there's oh, not really yeah. like a huge soundtrack, but when it is like. Yeah, it's intense. It's very intense. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Everybody, go watch Insidious. Tiptoe through the window. <laughs> I, I, I am pretty sure I haven't seen the last key yet. I need to watch that. I don't. I don't think I. I tried to confession. I tried to stream it illegally, yeah. and I just wasn't. I wasn't feeling it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait. So maybe that's what I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Maybe I'll just watch the last key then. Right. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like, uh, cause the, the, that one lady who is also in an amazing film called the visitor, is it called the visitors? The M night Shyamalan? Yes. Yes. Or, uh, I, the think, Visit I think that or something like that. Uh, what is it called? It, and then she's also it, in the, a movie that just came out this year. Uh, Oh, it chapter two. She's in it chapter two. She's the, 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 crazy old lady who like stops talking for like 30 seconds and then just like starts. Um, I, I really like that part of it. Chapter two. Um, oh, what is, the, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going into an IMDB hole here. Oh, this is good. <laughs> um, what was it was, no, maybe, no, she wasn't in that movie. She wasn't in the M night Shyamalan movie. Was she? Maybe I'm just confusing old ladies Maybe, well, together. I, it was it was a different. We're just mixing. It. I thought she was. In. I'm pretty sure she was. I'm gonna look up. But she whenever was. I see her, I'm like, oh my god, she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like a she's like a good guy in the <laughs> Insidious movies. Yeah. Um. Which what is a nice. twist, though, too. Um. Let's see. What is it it's called? The visit. That's what it's called. The visit, not the visitors. Uh, I highly recommend that movie as well. Um, I think it was around, I think that came out like right after I started getting into horror movies because that came out in 2015. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's right around that time of the, those kind of movies coming out. Yeah. So like your yeah. next and strangers and yeah. That's and it follows is amazing. Um, uh, have you seen that one yet? I don't see it. It follows. Uh, it fall. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like it's I don't even know how to it kind of does uh it kind of spit put, puts things on its head in a way like uh like cabin in the woods did uh 
um, so it's like every couple of years, it feels like we get like one or two movies that do that kind of thing that they like kind they don't really change horror, but they like innovate for just like, you know, they do something really innovative that is kind of like a must see sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's, uh, we, where were we even, we were talking where, where about we? kids seeing uh, movies, kids seeing movies, our history seeing movies. Third grade teacher. Uh, I think the age may fit me fifth. I think would be good. Cause you're about to get in that middle school. Yeah. Fifth grade. Range. I, I think fifth going to six would be appropriate, but anything lower than that, I feel like it's traumatizing. But then again, I don't. But these kids, they'll talk about it on on the, the playground. Mm-hmm. But confessions. There was one of my friends, um, my friend's daughter. She she um, was it. She had some special needs, mm-hmm. and say, she her daughter. She, she'd watch Jeepers Creepers, another classic. Oh yeah. And <laughs> and she, they got on the bus, and the girl told her friend, "He can smell it on you," and the girl didn't know. Oh. <laughs> he, <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about, and he said he could smell your fear. And then the girl like got really upset. She was crying, and then the oh, teacher man. told the mom like she she's been going. Your daughter's been going around and telling people. Oh man, <laughs> he can smell it on you. <laughs> you oh god! And that's when. So I feel like <laughs> to an extent, yeah, you can't be doing that. At the same time, I feel like <laughs> there's no way to to anticipate what's gonna stick with a kid, what? like what they're gonna remember, what they're gonna repeat. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's going. Uh, it's, anytime I talk to my niece and nephews, or niece and nephew, uh, uh, they're just one of each. But um, like whenever I talk to them about stuff, uh, well, I'm not too worried about now with my nephew because he's like nine, I think. So he's, it's, it's not as much of a, you can anticipate what they'll probably like catch on to a little bit more, but when they're little, uh, my niece is like five. Mm. And so like, you have no idea like which words are going to pop, pop for them, like what they're going to latch on to and stuff like that. So she says some really funny stuff, but also some stuff that's like. Oh, she probably should have even heard those words to begin with. Not like profanity and stuff, but like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but it's probably safe not to have five-year-olds watching any horror movies unless they're <laughs> like Hotel Transylvania or something like there that. There you go. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, uh, so let's get back to Candyman a little bit. Um before we go into talking about the new one that's coming out, hopefully sometime soon. By the by, the way, yes. I've been the one thing, like with everything that's going on in the world, like the one thing that I want to be able to do at some point, and now it's been put on hold indefinitely. Hopefully, they'll figure it. it we'll be able to do it sometime soon. Is to see Tenet by Christopher Tenet. Nolan. The uh hit the new Christopher Nolan film. It was supposed to come out already, and then they moved it to August, and now it's on hold Keep indefinitely. Pushing it. Uh, because it's gonna be. It, it, I, I wanted to see uh, not just to see it, but to see it in IMAX. 
because mm. it's going to be amazing. I saw like the preview in IMAX before all this started happening. And I, I was way more excited than that, than the movie that I then saw after that. preview. <laughs> I don't even remember what the movie I saw after that was. Uh, it, and it, it was probably a really good movie, but I don't remember it at all. I was like, I need to see Tenet. <laughs> It doesn't, doesn't come out until the summer, and now we're past the date it was originally supposed to come out, and now it's indefinite when it's going to actually be. But that's good, I think. Instead of just keep pushing it back another month, another month, another month, to just say, okay, we'll we'll know when it's ready, and we'll figure it out then. That kind that of thing. That would be good. But uh, there's some films. Uh, oh, in the context of talking uh, of kids seeing movies and just seeing horror movies in general. I feel like the environment that you see it in is a huge, huge, makes a huge difference. Like Mm. watching a movie in the movie theater, of course, is the ideal experience, but like, uh, watching it on a big screen TV with all the lights down and all of that is like the second best as far as the fright factor. Um, but then again, and, and then if you see a movie with all the lights on on the, just like a small screen, watching it like on a tablet or something, oh, that's different. It's different. It's totally different. And maybe different. A, a movie that could be horrifying isn't scary at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also or, think when you think about a home, like that's more of an intimate space. Like you know that in a theater, mm-hmm. that's where that movie took place. Like that's where you saw it. It, oh, but what yeah, happens yeah. there stays there. When you're in your home watching yeah. that and you've got the big TV going and the sound, like it's it's made your brain, especially for a child, it's made that connection where it's like, oh, he can come in here because this, it can happen. And, like it just makes it more real. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah, seeing it in a theater helps. It, it It's maybe more scary while you're seeing it in a theater. Mm hmm. But yeah, you don't get that direct, like a lot of times I'll be playing video games or something while I'm watching like a series or something like that. And anytime I do something in that, mainly like Minecraft or something, um, I'll be like, oh, I built this thing while I was watching this. And now I remember the the thing that I was watching. Like I watched uh, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, Ooh, uh, yeah. the new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a whole project that I was working on in Minecraft. Um, and now whenever I walk past, it, I was like, Oh yeah, the, 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 the hairdresser lady that got abducted and went missing. That's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so maybe, as far as that one goes, maybe, maybe not a good memory to have. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she was so sweet running through that. I think it was her husband, but that's a different story. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cause he, he, he oh my he gosh. He was just like, yep. Yeah, me and the like, oh, I locked him out because I didn't want there to be a problem with the, his yeah. stepson. I was like, dude, you totally See, did I, it. You totally did it. I have her it. ashes. Like, well, he calls him by his first name. Like, I'll say, Jerry has her ashes. I don't, I don't, I'm not allowed to see him. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm like, that guy definitely did it. But he he's totally like, did it. There's no way. I was where I lived. I was working 15 minutes away and the time was this. And it was like, no, you did it. And he, he, he just and he no, definitely empathy. moved the the truck because he would have keys for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think this was, was this the first episode. I think it was, was the first second, one, or the second one. Second, the first one was yeah, the yeah. guy jumping off the uh, the building. Oh yeah, that supposedly, one was supposedly weird. supposedly uh, that maybe they were placed there because his glasses weren't broken and stuff yeah. like that. That was kind mm-hmm. of crazy. 
That segment, that, 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 that husband totally did it. Totally did it. Just jump. Yeah. No empathy. So there you go. Check out Mr. Or not Mr. Uh, Unsolved, Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> Mysteries Unsolved. Um, uh, what was it? The fifth episode? Oh, oh, did you watch the French? The one in French? I skipped it because that, that I, was I skipped that one. I couldn't get into it. That was the third episode. I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. Fourth or third episode. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, I'll I'll go back and watch it someday when I can actually because like I said, I was watching it while I was playing Minecraft. So that's me, that's me being lazy. It's like you can't watch Parasite and have something else going. You have to stay focused. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I want those. I need to watch Dark, but it's in German, so I need to be able to to pay attention. But not not just that it's in German, but apparently it's like re- it can be really confusing. Like it's it's really complicated and stuff because it's um uh well I don't want to spoil. I don't know anything other than it has it has something to do with time <laughs> I don't travel. Know anything. <laughs> it, there's time travel, so all time tra- I love time travel. So I know I'm gonna love the sh- love it, but um, I I have to be able to give all my focus to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, that was another si- uh, another huge Which sidetrack is- there. Uh, well, let's talk <laughs> about like, what happens in the movie is that once Candyman is summoned, so we talked about pretty much up until she goes uh, to that building um, mm-hmm. and she meets the neighbor of the woman who is killed, um, who has a, a, an infant named Anthony. Mm-hmm. And... It, she just kind of gets wrapped up in all of this because of uh, Helen's involvement and all of that. And it really sucks for, for them to get involved <laughs> with the thing that was already really horrifying for them. She talks about how she heard uh, her neighbor yelling, screaming when it, uh, all that stuff happened. But, um, Oh, Ted Raimi. That is that Sam Raimi's brother. I I don't know. He was a uh, Billy at the beginning of the, at the very beginning of the movie, and like the the story they were telling. At the, oh the start yes, of the yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's got to be. He's in ha- Ash versus Evil Dead. He's got to be. He's got to be Sam Raimi's brother. Another IMDb. Uh, sweet, sweet to the sweet rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, frequently works with his brother Sam Raimi. There you go. And uh, Sam Raimi is directing the next uh, Doctor Strange. I think that'd be yeah. interesting. Uh, kind of a kind of a bummer that uh, another great horror film um, from the director of the first. Oh, why can't I remember his name? I follow him on Twitter. Um, uh, from the director of the first Doctor Strange, he is called Scott Derrickson. That's his name. Um, have you seen? Um. Oh, what is the name of the movie? Uh, Sinister. Sinister. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, wait, that's a really that's a really good one. Um, oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking of uh, the devil inside, like the elevator one. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, I gotcha. That's why you said Sinister. I thought you meant that one. Uh, so Sinister, he directed the first one and then he wrote the second, I think he wrote the second one. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're really good. They're, they're really good. It was cool. He lives in, in Colorado. So he did, um, he was there in person for a screening of the first Sinister, um, which is pretty cool. And this, and that was before Dr. Strange came out. And I 
don't know if he is able to actually talk about it yet. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Um, seeing him in person ask, answering questions about sinister, but yeah, check out sinister. It's really good. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, that was Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi, Scott Derrickson, sinister. There we go. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, the candy man is basically making Helen's life a living hell, basically mind torturing her and actually not torturing her in some ways. And so it's some of it like, okay, what do you think? Well, you've seen the later movies. So mm-hmm. is candy man an actual person? Like is he, does he exist like physically? Well, here's the thing. This is kind of confusing even for me to describe this. Remember when she walked back into like his lair? He yeah. was there. He was sleeping. I was like, what are you doing? Just sleeping on the thing. Oh, really? Um, what, like when she originally you know, went so, in there? Yeah. Like towards the end. Oh. Which, okay, so she, she went back to her apartment. She saw the cheating husband, whatever, whatever. And then he's like, I'm the only one that you know, you have to come to me and I'll show you with babies, whatever. And he she went back in there and she tried to like kill him. Yeah. And they like were like, oh right, and stuff yeah, because she like stabbed him. That was him. so weird. He was just sleeping. He was just sleeping there. Yeah. So, if not for that, I would say that he is does not physically exist. I think. So did she? Because he said it was always you, Helen. Because it was I always you. Feel yeah. Because I feel like she actually did do all those things. Maybe. It was always you that she was being controlled. Like, like Mm -hmm. she, like she physically did all the things, but she was like being controlled with the hallucinations or whatever. Because she kept fainting, kept blacking out. Like, yeah, (laughs) every time. Like, can you stop falling over? Right, and all of the (laughs) all the people who can corroborate if she did it or not, or people who ended up dead. Mm -hmm. Um. Like the the psychiatrist is like, oh, I can or whatever the guy was. <laughs> I can call like, him. I can prove it. I can call him, and then she does, <laughs> and then he gets murdered brutally. And like, oh well, she could have said, oh, I can summon him, and then murdered him herself. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, that's my theory. I don't know if that's disproven by by later films. Because if you think at the end too, where you know she's the candy person now in a sense, yeah, the girlfriend, she she was going to be framed like it was kind of that started like started up again like okay now Helen is this new thing, but then again she what she was upset with him, so that's where she would get framed like the relationship wasn't really going anywhere, you know she had the I don't know the story there, yeah but because yeah because she is so Helen is dead. At the end of the movie, mm-hmm. but she appears. Yeah, they don't bring her. They don't bring her up. I mean, the, the, the part two and three. They don't mention her in the other two movies. No, no. So I want like, is it is it just in the mind of the people who know the story? Because the Candyman himself is a widespread story, right? And it's a yeah, it's a story he, that's, that's in his family. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense why the second one, even though I haven't seen the second one, I'll find a way to watch it sometime soon. Uh, so that would make sense that if his memory is living on them, that like manifests in some way or something. And like that's because that. the grandmother tried to erase him yeah. from their history. She's like, we don't, we're not associated with him. He's, 
And then the the, the niece is like, he's our blood. Like my, my no, like he is. And then that's when he he arrives. He shows up. You know, it's like you, my own blood tried to erase me, and so she's like terrified that he's there with them, right? And uh, because she tried, they because they didn't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, he's associated with terror and you know just a monster, and th- she wanted to keep her elitism, like her her clean slate, right? Hmm. So it kind of goes back to what what, what he was telling Helen, like you know, you doubt me, you don't think that I that be my victim. I want you to to die for me, so that way people can keep me keep me in their in their stories and in keep keep me alive because if not then not nothing right yeah okay yeah so that i think that yeah that aspect of it adds to i I think that supports the theory that he doesn't actually exist but the only thing that goes against it is that him him just laying there sleeping (laughs) i guess you could have been imagining that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but Cause he was just literally just sleeping there. I was like, I, that's just, <laughs> I don't know. I can't give you an answer, but he, she just showed up. He was just sleeping on the little, little table. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he, he did seem to be good. Like he, uh, it's implied that he painted all that stuff on the, uh, did all the, the murals and stuff. Right. Yeah. Cause he, cause he, cause he isn't, well, Hmm. Uh, in, the, in the origin story is, is mentioned that he's an artist. So I would assume. Um, and then there's the mural of her. That was yeah. her all along. Or, but maybe it was, but she's never mentioned as an artist. So she went to mm-hmm. painted those things. No. So the people did or, but she, cause now she's, she's a, she's the folklore now. Like she is the new candy person. She's the people that people are, I would say like she sacrificed she sacrificed herself. You have to and save it, Anthony. It, it, yeah, and it kind of went with what Candyman was saying. Like people are going to remember us that when when we both die and we're going to take over and you know people will be scared of us. Blah blah blah. And she didn't want to do that, but yeah, sacrificing herself. Maybe, uh, yeah, that's so. I don't know. Maybe we'll get answers in the new movie of some kinds. So I have heard, uh, I guess this is a good time. Oh, Ber- Bernadette uh, gets killed. That's a bummer. Oh, uh, yeah. So th- th- this whole, this whole uh, thesis is not, is, is incomplete. They don't get to finish it. <laughs> and nobody gets to read it. Um, the, the doctor that he gets killed. Uh, there's that big fire. That oh, yeah. uh, she man. ends up saving uh, Anthony from, or maybe she just knew that Anthony was in there and it regretted it and tried to undo the stuff that she had done all this time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whichever way it goes. Um, yeah, because there was that. It, she was kind of like when he was talking to her, he was looking at the mom. She was looking at the mom like, you know, let me out, let me go. And I just, and so as she's looking at the fire, she's seeing other people like t- t- saying, burn it, burn, burn. But she's seeing that mom without her baby. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I need to make this right. Like, uh, you know, I'm gonna save him, and that's when you know she sacrifices herself to save that the kid. Yeah, for the mom, you know, because she <laughs> killed her dog. You know, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lord, gee. <laughs> oh, there's so much blood in that scene. There was a lot, and just I think if anything, if we're looking from like a social justice perspective, like that. She was coming from this like 
like there's something like the villain versus like the actual villain. Yeah. Like everybody thinks, you know, Candyman, but I think Helen was the villain. Like she was yeah. very like say, white savior esque, but she was kind of like down talking like the people of T- C- C- Cabrini Green and just right. it just wasn't authentic, you know. And and to uh to Bernie as well as like oh they think we're cops well you're yeah. fine and like stuff like that guilt tripping her mm-hmm. all right if you don't want to do this oh and she totally manipulated that kid oh, she was like yeah. she was like oh, oh yeah, uh you could show me if you're not scared and something like i'm like what are yes. you doing you are screwing up this kid's life candy man's gonna get me he's like candy man's not real but thank you for telling me all this information for my thesis yeah oh like she so in a way i feel i don't feel bad that she that happened to her because she manipulated so many people and i think she's a murderer she anyway so yes yes it was always it was always you Ellen. <laughs> I, it was her. I am completely convinced that she she was the candy man this entire time uh and the 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 stabbing him while he was asleep she was just imagining that and it's a rationalization <laughs> you just explain it away like that um um yeah so i guess uh any any last thoughts or any further thoughts maybe not necessarily last on this film itself before we talk about uh just a little bit about uh i've learned somewhat of what might be happening in the new film uh as far as like casting goes and maybe the kind of setup for the movie uh mm-hmm. but before that uh any other other thoughts on uh, Candyman? Nineteen ninety two Candyman. I think if anything, just re- seeing it now from this perspective, like it's just so many layers, mm-hmm. and it's just the more because I can put that on and just like really just watch it and really see. Oh, I didn't see it from that perspective. Right? I didn't see that. But I think with Helen, as much as she wanted to do the right thing, I think she caused all of this on herself yeah and it just to try to you know just it was her own self like greed in a way like i'm going to exploit this this community's culture or this community's like um thing that she has no connection to yeah um, that's right right in the in the beginning uh she, I think she said something about attributing their daily problems to a mythical yes, figure. Yes, a mythical fi- Yeah. Yeah. You're you're like that because of this. Per- it just wasn't authentic. And I just feel like those undertones and those little, um, that privilege, you know, she was very privileged. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't really seem like she really cared about these people who were going through this stuff. It was for her own self-gain. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um uh, oh, what, there was another thing that she said i think she said or somebody said like towards the beginning of oh, i can't remember what it was there was there's some there was another like really poignant thing that that either she said or maybe bernie said um towards the beginning that i i, I didn't write it down but i forget what it was oh when she i think when she was um she went to the bathroom and the guy, mm-hmm. the guys got her. Yeah. Um, and then she was like, you know, a a black woman calls the police. Nobody does anything. A white woman, you know, says this happened. They shut down the whole complex or something. Like, there was. Oh little, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, there's another thing earlier uh, when oh I forget her name. Uh, what is the character's name? Anne Marie. Uh, so the mother of Anthony. Oh yes. Where she says, uh, "Yeah, I called the police and nobody came." And it was just like just this that like they didn't like elaborate on that at all. Like that's all she said, and it was like that was like such a strong point about what her ex- her specific experience is. And like just that, uh, that part of just that neighborhood in general, it seemed like that if something like this did happen, that that didn't seem surprising that the police didn't come to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least they did get there when she slashed her with that butcher's knife and arrested Helen rightfully. I think <laughs> that whole, uh, yeah, that whole set, like when I was watching, I was like, Oh, Candyman is totally messing with her and getting in and framing her getting for this, uh, like set up this whole library thing to get her arrested and all that. But then in the psych psychologist, psych, psych, psychiatrist, whatever the guy in the office before, oh, yeah, she, yeah, before yeah. he dies, whoever killed him, she killed him. Pretty sure. But, um, <laughs> Uh, he he shows her the video and she's strapped to the bed and like freaking out, like oh he's under the bed and stuff like that. Oh, he's under the bed. <laughs> and um, oh my gosh, have you seen um Invisible Man yet? Uh, the new no, one. Oh, but they said the soundtrack is really good. Oh, soundtrack is great. The the film is I thought it was really good. I thought the whole thing was really good. Um, there's a whole thing oh, it could I go into <laughs> about. Uh, I won't get into it, but uh, if you do see it, we'll have to talk about it, especially with um, the the lead actress with uh, her religious beliefs or whatever. But anyway, um, uh, I don't know. Sorry, I I don't know if I did I if I interrupted your thought or uh, or if I was segueing. Um, Oh, no, I think we, 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 it's good. We can go to the new one. I'm excited to talk about the new one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so the new one, uh, all that I've read so far uh, is that, uh, let's see. Let's see. Candyman 2020. No, Jordan Peele is producing it. Yes, he's not directing. He's, he's not directing. He's probably going to have some influence. Um. Which I mean, he is uh, to what degree that means, what that means, uh, varies from all the different projects his name's attached to these days. But um, I I could definitely see him being very involved with this one because it sounds like mm-hmm. interviews and stuff he uh, is really passionate about this franchise. Um, so uh, the very quick. On IMDb, this, a spiritual sequel to the 1992 horror film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. So that same mm. gentrification that we were talking about earlier, where uh, that was a, like the whole, not the whole thing, but like the whole uh, like impetus for her going to that building and everything, uh, all like had to Brady do with Green. that as well. Um, so it uh, sounds like that's going to be a big theme. I saw that, uh, so, oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. 
uh, Yaya, <laughs> Yaya yeah. Abdul Mateen the second, who is awesome in Aqu- he's an Aquaman, he's a Black Manta in Aquaman, and he's also um, uh, he's Doctor Manhattan on Watchmen. And isn't isn't he in um, uh, Black Mirror too? Uh, like the, the the gaming episode. Yes, striking like vipers. Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that. I don't. Uh, is that the latest season? The latest I season, have yes. not watched the latest season yet. I'll have to watch that. Um, because because uh, uh, one of the other episodes is the the Miley Cyrus one, right? Oh yes. Yeah, I haven't watched any of that season yet <laughs> because it came out after the last thing I watched for black mirror was, um, the, 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 the interactive one. I already forget what it's called. Bundersnatch. Oh, Thund- Bundersnatch. I, I don't know, know what it's yes. called. Something sna- is like you gotta you t- go left, go right. Or what do you gotta do? Yeah. Yeah. Which ser- it starts with which cereal are you going to eat and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but he's playing Anthony, the infant, the baby, the baby mm-hmm. all grown up. And uh, it sounds like he is like he wants to figure out what's going on with Candyman because uh-huh. he's heard all about it and all of that. Um, and his uh, the actress and and the character returns uh, Vanessa the Williams, the mom. She will be in it also. And then of course, um, Tony Todd returns as well. Maybe not. Of course. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe just like a little like vignette kind of thing like he'll maybe his mm-hmm. voice or i think he's going to try to pass it you know i think the plan was that baby was going to be the he's like the new miracle like he was going to be the new oh. candy man because he was like we're going to, we need a new miracle so that's the baby was going to be that new miracle and i think he's going to pass it to him but from what i've seen in the trailers i've been like pausing and like going back and looking uh-huh. i think helen Helen is in there. It's not the act. It's not the same actress. Yeah, but she's she's in that. She'll be in here. Helen oh, will be in okay. here. Like if you if they're in the church, and if you pause it in the trailer, you'll see her sitting there in her white dress and her little flower um, thing. She's there. But maybe they're going to come into contact and talk. Maybe and she would be <laughs> in his <laughs> memory because <laughs> mm-hmm. he she's she's the one who pulled him out of that fire. Yeah. So I think they're going to talk. And she may have been the one who actually kidnapped him. And maybe that's what we'll find out. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't think about Uh, that. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be good. She, maybe she, she, she did that for herself. We will see. And I really like how Jordan Peele, I think this was his influence, how he took the Philip Glass soundtrack. So the, the soundtrack, uh, Helen's theme. Mm -hmm. And he put, and he put Destiny's Child over it. Oh, cool! I have I so I, I have really not like seen that. any of the trailers yet. So okay, I won't say anything. I'm looking forward to see to watching. Watch them. the trailer after this. Um, so I'm excited for the new soundtrack. Um, but it's just it's going to be really cool as far as like how are they going to carry this on? But from watching the new teaser trailers from Nia DaCosta mm-hmm. and how like she's really putting a social justice. Uh, spin on it and and, Mm -hmm. it totally made me look at the movie differently as far as you know well what is a candy man and she was saying like it's like a candy man's like a martyr it's somebody who is it's the people that they they make a monster and so she was going through different forms of brutality and how 
like there was so obviously the police brutality was one right um it was talking like in this little puppet show that she did it was really it was i loved how and i wish that more movies did this versus like giving away so much of the movie yeah it was just one of these like simple puppet shows but the candy music was playing in the background yeah and it basically took you through like i think five four or five like african-american like tragedies like deaths in a way like oh wow. a man coming from, a, a man coming it's like a puppet that's showing it's coming from a candy factory mm. offering kids some candy and then the, the the white people were obviously were like saying they pointed at him yeah and then they chased him down they beat him and then it goes to a different like story of a kid riding his bike in a white neighborhood and then the police arrest him. it was based off of, i think it was based it was based off a true story where I think it was like the youngest kid to get the electric chair. Oh wow! And that she and they show that that vignette, and then it goes to a, a African American moving into a predominantly white neighborhood, mm-hmm. and and this was based off a true true event. Uh, they cha- they uh, chained him up and they dragged him for like three miles. Oh man! And then it and then it ends on the Candyman story, where it's like he's painting the the master's daughter, and uh-huh. she's like she's holding a rose. And then he's also holding a rose, and then the master hires people to ch- like they basically chase him. You're seeing the story with puppets, yeah. And the person painting the story is obviously Anthony, right? It's it's so clever how Nia did it, but it made me totally look at Candyman differently. Versus that, like, that was oh, a, oh, it looks like that's one of the trailers for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's it's such a good time. Well, that's that? <laughs> ironic. It's it's perfect. It's a it's a good time for this movie to to come out as far as social justice and to see the similarities. Yeah. As far as well, what is 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 this Candyman? Is this horror movie? It's like no. It's, it's talking about gentrification. It talks about you know crimes and injustice. And is Candyman really a is he really the monster? Yeah. Is he is he the villain or is it the other way around? It's, like, it's hell in the villain. Yeah, like the. So it's totally. He's I, being I, I made feel like this movie. Villain. Yeah. Yes, this movie's timeless, and it, it talks on so it speaks on so many levels of things. So I think with this new one coming, I'm definitely gonna be looking for similarities as far as like the characters. Like I really hope that that little kid, the one that said Candyman's gonna get me. I hope he's somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I want them to remember those characters. So like excited uh, for it. Like on a lighter. A lighter aspect of it, like when I was reading this as I was watching it, I was uh, I was reading about the new movie coming out, and I did get some spoilers and stuff. I didn't I didn't see that Helen had died, so um, that was still a surprise actually watching the movie. But um, it it was before Anthony got kidnapped, and he was like Anthony who was kidnapped by the Candyman. I was like, oh, okay, that's what happens in this movie, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, then I was thinking like, oh, what if him and, and, uh, that other boy, they're like best friends or something. I don't know. They, <laughs> they grow up together. And so like that, and, and maybe like the stories like are direct from him, maybe that kind of thing. That's like, mm. oh, this is all that happened. This is all real. You were kidnapped by a candy man and that, that kind of <laughs> stuff would be really messed up to like always remind your friend about Remember that one time. <laughs> When you're you're a baby, you don't remember it. But here's what happened. You, you remember Helen? <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. It, it's currently at, it says October 16th is the current plan. 
we'll see what actually happens with everything that's yeah. going on. Who do I? I personally don't think I'll be even when things open back start open up back up with like Matt more people going to them. I'm not going to be going to anything that's that's not necessary. Um, just for it to be safe yeah um because like all last year i was doing comic conventions um and then also a little bit of the drum corps thing uh as soon as this stuff started picking up okay so now we're talking about real world stuff for a minute here uh before we end the show (laughs) um so obviously if if you're listening to this years from now we're talking about COVID-19, the coronavirus, <laughs> all that stuff. Maybe it's uh maybe it's been erased from history at this point otherwise, but um um yeah, when it first uh started it being reported in in the United States, I am in Colorado. Uh Marvin is in uh California. And, uh, it was it, the first like outbreak of it was like in Washington and mm-hmm. it was right when I had just visited the Northwest. I had gone there for some wrestling shows to, uh, Seattle, Portland and Vancouver. And so when I got back, I was like, Oh, this is, that's not good. It sounds like I was where this virus is, but little did I know. Little did anybody know it was probably already everywhere at that point. It's just that it was ignored completely mm-hmm. by people who should have not been ignoring it. And no one knew what it was. And, and we could have caught it. We could have been like a lot of these other countries <laughs> that were, I mean, they, nobody handled it perfectly. I don't think, but some came close for sure. Especially at the beginning and the denying of it happening, denying of it even being of a thing was has been devastating uh, now because they're, they're, you can't deny that it's a thing anymore. And yet still, pe- still people are. Still people think that it's a hoax, that it, it isn't real just because they don't know somebody who has gotten it yet or they don't know that they know somebody who has gotten it yet. And, um, I don't know where it's going with that, but, um, <laughs> I, I feel like I was going somewhere with that, but, uh, okay. So the last movie, so m- movie theaters, that's what we're talking about. So, uh, and I was doing conventions. I did have a convention in Las Vegas. They still held that convention. It was in fe- the end of February, I think. And they still held that convention in Las Vegas. And wow. people went to it. And I was like, no, like even two weeks out from it, I canceled my flight. I was like, there's no way I'm getting on an airplane with this going on. Um, and I was planning on, on maybe driving to it. Uh, and I was all set. To, I had my car packed and everything the day before that I would have to leave to get there in time. And I was like, I'm like 99% sure that I am not going to go to this. Um, and then I texted my sister and brother-in-law. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go to this, but I do have a convention scheduled this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, don't go. And then they sent me an article. This again, this was really early on. And there's only a few people who are like, really like putting the word out there. Like this is a serious thing. And it was, um, cause at that point it was basically 
um, it was, it seemed like the belief at the time was that it only affected people over the age of 50, basically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And a couple days before that, I, uh, AEW, uh, All Elite Wrestling had their show Dynamite here in Colorado. And I went to that show with uh, my friends. Um, and I was telling him, like, oh, I have a convention in Las Vegas this weekend. And he's like, um, oh, you're, 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 you're not over 50, so you, you'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. Something like that. But I was also thinking, like, no, well what I hadn't thought about was the spreading it to other people that healthy people can uh-huh. spread it. And that not a lot of that was not a lot was known about that. And it did seem kind of just like a theory at that point. And the article that they sent me was like, Oh, taking advantage of these cheap, because that was the big thing right then. It was like, all these young people are going on these trips, traveling all around because the flights are really cheap. And is like, no, that's a really bad idea because they're going to spread it. And they did. Pro- maybe not specifically. That's not the only reason it spread, but it certainly couldn't have helped at all. But um, but yeah, so I, I had a ton of conventions planned for the last several months and the upcoming p- months and like as we get a couple weeks out from all of them they've all been getting postponed and postponed we'll we'll try it again next year or that kind of thing um but even when they do actually happen uh i think it's going to be a while till i actually until i personally actually go to any of those um but i might I, I might end up canceling some of the ones until uh until our the the uh medical science catches up to combat it uh effectively um but and then uh there's a whole uh so marvin and i know each other from uh blue devils drum and bugle corps do we call it that that that, that, that no nobody ever refers to it as that <laughs> the drum and the drum and bugle <laughs> <laughs> the blue devils drum and bugle corps uh it's a drum corps, which is like a marching band that's in the summer and the, and the tour, like, okay, describing what drum, I've described what drum corps is to some people like on Twitch and stuff. When I tell them like stories about stuff that I've done or whatever, and like explaining what drum corps is, is like, oh, that, that activity <laughs> is a nightmare for like everything. Um, it needs the yeah my personal belief is that the the whole activity needs to change in like a, a million different ways but um yeah when this all st- first started happening with uh covid it, i was like oh a drum corps is a horrible idea to take place because it's basically 200 people on a handful of vehicles going all around the country, sleeping all together in a gigantic room or all together in buses as far as staff goes or wherever the staff Mm -hmm. does for other groups. And it's, there's already like illness that happens every single season that spreads throughout everybody. Yeah. There's always like the blue flu, we would call it often, (laughs) (laughs) but it would happen like all the groups and that there'd be some type of illness that, that goes to everybody usually just like a flu or something but there's no there's no way 
to it is it is not an environment conducive to not spreading germs. <laughs> like the most precautions could be taken, but it uh with the current setup of drum court, there's no possible to way if one person gets something, everybody's going to have that by the end of the summer. At the end. Mm-hmm. If not by the next week. Um so yeah, I don't see, for that reason alone, I don't see uh drum corps coming back in that form anytime soon at all. Even with uh, or I I could see it that then uh, I could see it happening, but I don't think it's a good idea. Um Yeah, we get, until we figure something out as far as safety. <laughs> yeah. And all the uh, uh all kinds of issues and stuff not even having to do with uh, viral contagions uh, <laughs> need to be changed in that in the activity as well for sure. But um, uh, I I could go on that on, on about like any different aspect of that for a long long time <laughs> for each each different aspect of the of the activity. But I think like so many activities are are, are similar in that way. Mm. Um, that that, like like anybody who's in a particular activity or whatever, like the drum corps isn't special in that regard. Every company, every activity and all that has issues that I think should be looked at as soon as possible. And with everything shut down, it's like perfect opportunity to do that. And a big like, restart too. Like some, a lot of the issues that have come up in the recent years have kind of been swept aside for the most part, like if not entirely because it was like, Oh, we do, we have to keep the season going. We have to get right. The, the next season is coming up. We can't stop. We can't stop to change anything. We have to just keep rolling with it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, and that extends to, macro stuff as well overall societal issues and everything it's like everything shut down is the perfect time to change like let's not go back to normal quote unquote like this is a time to make it better than it was before (laughs) like going back to normal isn't isn't very good for a lot of people (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> I That's I don't real really, life. I don't talk about this stuff on my Twitch stream cause it's all about wrestling and it's mostly like kids that watch. So <laughs> I don't get into the dark <laughs> real world stuff very often on there. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on all of that? Um, there is no such thing as normal anymore. And, yeah. you know, I, I was thinking like, what if 2019 was the last, DCI season. What if? What if that was the last one? Yeah. What if? I'm just saying, like that was because right now. I personally think it it is, but trying to do drum corps is not safe. Yeah. Like, and what and if because because being a teacher now, like I'm understanding, like, and because with VDB, I'm I'm, I'm an assistant core director, so I'm like I'm. It's a lot of more the behind the scenes as far as like how do you book a site, what goes mm-hmm. on into that, and now it's like the teacher side, I'm able to see like oh, like we we have. So when we book a, a site, 
it doesn't just go through the band director, it goes through the district. So the district yeah. has to approve. Yes. So do you really think a, tra- a district is going to approve a traveling group no from different states? No way. Like, it's, it's a lot more. I'm like, oh, no, it's so much more. No way. And even, and even if we do get to do drum corps, it's not going to be um, equitable. Like, maybe in some other states, they get to rehearse. While maybe on the West Coast, no, you don't get to travel. Like, it's, it's just not going to be – No, I don't think Americans would take that risk. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Like to house somebody, then they got to pay the janitors to to stare, sanitize, and Use clean it. all it. Okay, so more. anybody who's not familiar with drum corps, a little bit more explanation is that for the most part, the entire season we travel all around the country. Like I said, like two hundred people, uh, staff and students, uh, members, performers, uh, whatever you call them, depending on which group you're in. Um, <clears throat> And for the most part, housing, where everybody sleeps, where everybody bathes, takes their showers and all that, is at high school. But mostly high schools. Mm-hmm. Public high schools. Where uh, school is out for the summer. Um, but uh, for uh, being as an educator, you know a lot more about this as well. Uh, like what the staffing for a school is like. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's not too dissimilar between elementary, middle school and high schools, but, uh, that there, there's not as much staff. There still is like maintenance staff and stuff. They're taking, they're taking, mm-hmm. taking on projects over summer, improving things, repairing things throughout the summer. Um, which is a great time to do that. Cause they don't have the students. They might have summer school, but it's a far lesser load than the regular school year. And, uh, to have you just for a drum corps and it's okay. This is just for one group. One drum corps is like 200 people going to one school. Every show location has, I'd say a minimum of five drum corps perform on the show. I'd say the smallest shows have like five. You say that's, but that that's the smallest shows, the bigger shows, the regionals and the finals is all of the drum corps, which is upwards of 20 for world class and uh, open class, which is the lower groups, quote unquote. Uh, is there about like 20 in there also? Uh, around that 20, 22. Yeah. Yeah, so like 40 groups total for the end of the summer in Indianapolis, which is where since 2008 has been in Indiana every year. Um, or was there was there one year? It has been in Indianapolis every year since then, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, I remember at the beginning, there, was, there might be one year that was going to be different, but it's always been there since then. It's always been there. Uh, 2008 itself, it was in, um, is that Ball State? Pasadena? Indiana, uh, Ball State. What city is that in? Ball State and Muncie. Is it Muncie, Indiana? Because um, uh, Lucas Oil Field, which is where the Indianapolis Colts play, um, was not finished being built yet. So that first year of their contract doing Indianapolis every year, they couldn't do it in Indianapolis that year. Anyway, so there you go. That's uh, the, the living situation. Everybody, all the members, the students high school, college age kids for the most part 
uh, in a gymnasium on their rollout mattresses, their their blow up beds, their cots, and whatnot. <laughs> and to get from place to place, they're all packed onto usually three buses uh, for the members. So just in the seats in charter on charter buses, packed shoulder to shoulder, basically. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so th- th- imagine being on the custodial staff at a school and you're told, oh, we have this group coming in here <laughs> just for one day, 200 people, they need water hookups. They need uh, access to ice. They need all this other stuff. That's just uh-huh. stuff I personally have experience with yeah. ice rooms, I, rooms, <laughs> Uh, rehearsal spaces they need spaces for if it rains they need to be able to go inside they need the stadium they need the stadium lights all all the bathrooms all the showers all of that just for one group of 200 people and that's just one of 40 groups that could be in the area if it's in the area mm-hmm. um there's yeah there's no way uh, i if they did allow it, they'd be insane. And then we forgot about Walmart, the Walmart runs, and how like we, all those buses, like, and all of those kids, like, it's so. Uh, yes, I it just <laughs> it's a little a things tr- never granted. Like, it's it, every year. It's a miracle that more stuff doesn't go. Stuff goes wrong for sure. Like across the entire activity, as far as safety goes, uh, you. you it's a miracle that it doesn't have happen even more than it does with how crazy the driving schedule is. Um, the, the hygiene of course of everybody and uh, uh, yeah, just the, the sheer number of miles they're driven mm. all almost all at night with <laughs> buses full of people. And uh, there is bad stuff that has happened as far as road accidents go. Yeah. Uh, which has been awful anytime that happens. But honestly, I am baffled that it doesn't happen even more often than it has. It's like it's every single day of drum corps tour is a huge gamble for thousands of people. And that's just for this activity, let alone everything that every every other activity that happens across the country all year long and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. uh and, and so yeah i was i was really relieved i think what i'm getting at is i was really relieved when they finally announced no dci season this year oh but then they were trying to like do like a delayed season like a they, brief they wanted so they wanted to do it. So when I had met with Efren, so he, so Efren is my, um, he's core director, so I'm his assistant. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, like let's, I want to, you know, we need to meet as far as like what the season is entailed. So he, he met with the board and they already knew that DC was going to cancel, but he wanted to inform me as well. Yeah. So he was like, all right, so let's look at, first, like, let's look at the schedule. And so we were looking at like the world-class schedule and the open-class schedule, what they were thinking about doing. Yeah. It, so it, it was really only going to be like seven shows that we're going to so from like what the 20 plus shows on like seven and it just really it was only gonna be a two weeks of drum corps right so then he's like well don't worry about that because on thursday the rest of the world will know that it's canceled 
like, right. What? Like it's like it was. It wouldn't have been worth it for the kids and just the safety. Oh yeah. Like, it's just not worth it to do seven, just seven shows and like finals, seven like. seven shows <laughs> over like two weeks, probably right. Yeah. Two, yeah, two weeks of drum court, it, as far as safety is concerned, as far as uh, transmissible uh, a transmissible virus goes, one it, like I don't see any difference between uh, two weeks or three months or like two days. Mm-hmm. Like if one person has it, oh, especially on the bus, it's like the breathing. Like when you're everybody is going to have just... it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was, uh, yeah. yeah was, even thinking forward, it's like with the CDC, as far as like what schools like busing, you mm-hmm. can't keep, you're going to have like, there's no way. And I don't know if even a company has enough buses to even accommodate spreading out that many members on that many buses. Yeah. It's not possible. And even then the, the, the amount of time, there's a certain amount of time where you're near somebody uh, so I don't I don't have specific scientific papers. Absolutely, everybody wear a mask when you go in public. Wear a mask. Wear a yeah. mask. Protect other people from what you might possibly have. That's the main thing. Is that uh, my approach this whole time has been? I need to act like I already have it, and I don't know that I have it. Mm. And I think if everybody acted that way, it would be like we would be fine. But instead, it's like, oh, my my body, my choice. Suddenly, Uh, that's your attitude about things. (laughs) My body, Um, my choice. (laughs) It's no, it's not about protecting yourself. Wearing a mask isn't about protecting yourself. It's about protecting everybody else if you don't have it. And it is also about protecting yourself. If you're protecting other people, you're protecting yourself. But um, in the drum corps situation, you are in contact with these same people for so long, for all day, every day. It's basically like they are your family during that time. It They are the people you live with. So there's like, um, yeah, it, like there's no requirement. You don't wear a mask at home because you live with the people that you live with. You're sharing mm-hmm. all the same germs pretty much no matter what um it's the same thing the drum corps is that family unit if it happens if it exists because everybody is sharing all their germs no matter what no matter what precautions you had even if you had enough buses to have one member per bus you know they're still rehearsing together they're gonna catch it while they're rehearsing together so like that isn't that uh, that isn't even a factor i don't think like there's no number of vehicles uh, and adding even more vehicles is just even is, is a bad idea too <laughs> but uh um, like maybe that was the last time <laughs> yeah i think it's got to be different i a long time ago i thought it it well, okay, a lot of people go on about uh this is now our drum corps podcast. <laughs> but um uh like the good old days of the eighties when there were <laughs> hundreds of drum corps and they're all like local and all that kind of thing. I absolutely get the sentiment of that. Um however uh 
uh, col- uh, not college, well, college also, but high school marching bands and stuff largely fill that same niche. Um, cause those were not as widespread back then. I feel like, um, <clears throat> and so to, to yearn for those good old days of these, uh, local drum corps that are associated with the local VFWs and scouts groups and all that kind of thing. That's not, that's not going to happen. Um, so I don't think we should be striving for that kind of thing, but I do think there is a definitely value in having local groups of people who may not, uh, like they have kind of been doing with the sound sports stuff. I think that is more similar to what's going to go happening. And with system blue, they're doing the, um, I and E competition, virtual virtual Mm -hmm. competition. I think that is absolutely the way to go. And I, I've, I've thought something similar for a long time now um, that something needs to be done like that. If the activity is to continue just in general, Mm -hmm. I didn't have this specific viewpoint on it, but for it to continue in general, I think it it does need to be more accessible because it becomes more and more inaccessible every year. And more expensive, and it's too. Current, yeah, that, that's the main thing. Like, the number one thing is how expensive it is to do. It's like college as a tuition. Member, <laughs> as a member, how expensive it is to be a member of such a group. Uh, there's an awesome group. I Well, I don't know if they're awesome or not. I just saw the page real quick. But they're running with an idea that I actually had a while ago, not to try to take, like, credit for anything because I never, like, published <laughs> the Facebook page or, like, made steps to do it or anything. But I had come up with this idea of like an open source drum core. And I called it the drum core, drum and bugle core or something dumb like that. And I made like a logo <laughs> as, and my idea was drum this is back. I was working with, um, uh, DCA core, uh, high country brass, uh, here in Colorado. And, um, I was thinking like, Oh, what if you got, uh, you worked with some arrangers and stuff like that did like all these number of different things I was thinking about, like make music available, like have a show or shows all kinds of music that is open source that everybody can access that everybody can use. It. Everybody's allowed to record their own thing with it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that either local groups and what the, this group, I think they call it the open source drum core or something like that. They're actually doing this, which is awesome. And, uh, then blue devils also did something with the 2020 horn line. They, uh, was it chase the clouds away? Yeah. Um, that everybody recorded their own thing. And then, uh, I don't know who put it all together, but, um, they like combine them into, so it's like the whole brass ensemble, like that kind of thing is really cool. Uh, but also I was thinking like before when people could get together locally uh, to play music and all that, that you'd have like this library of open source sheet music that anybody could get together, print off that sheet music, play with your uh-huh. friends as small as a group of three people or, you know, and all that kind of thing. And it's awesome to see that somebody is doing that in the modern situation, uh, how that works with what's going on now as far as uh, that kind of thing. But 
Uh, yeah, the the virtual individual and ensemble competition is uh, is like a great idea. Uh, we'll see how how it goes logistically and all that because that's always something to figure out. Um, I think they might. I I I haven't. I only just saw the announcement, so I don't know any of the back the back end side of things, like how they're. Uh, if you'll be able to watch everybody's performances and stuff like that, how does that work with copyright and things like that? But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting to see um, from that side of things. But for from the per- aspect of the performers doing it, um, it's going to be really cool for them to have some some type of outlets in that community. And I think that's the main thing is that community is what they're trying to yeah. keep. So keep connected. Totally, totally. So with the theaters still being closed, and even when they do open, I think the only movie that I'm going to go see is Tenet. And I'll have a mask and maybe mm-hmm. like a whole hazmat suit when I go see it, which might be appropriate for seeing that movie. What I'm getting to <laughs> is that movie theaters are still closed. Um, I've been seeing like pop-up. Uh, there's one near me, pop-up uh, drive-ins. Yes, yes. Uh, for like old movies. They haven't released brand new movies doing that. But this could be a revitalized age of the drive-in theaters, which would be amazing. Mm. I would love that. Okay. Um, uh, but for now, pop-ups in the unused parking lots of these large malls and stuff like that. It seems like a good use of that space. Uh Give, give us options of stuff to do while also being safe from other people's germs and spittle. Um, uh, yeah. So there's, I, I haven't gone to the one near me, uh, but that would be really cool. But uh, also there's been a lot of movies that have come out on demand um, instead of in the theater or just on the streaming services of those, uh, mm-hmm. the companies that are releasing those movies. Um, have you, have you done any of those uh, like initial release rentals or purchases yet? I haven't yet. Like I, I I'm, I'm saving it for the Candyman. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. If it does mm-hmm. go there, which honestly, I think it's probably going to end up being that way. Yeah, because you know, because the the our the all theaters got shut down. So I'm just like, okay. So, with that being said, this release is supposed to be in in September. We're coming up to August. So, I mean, it really in what, five weeks, is it really going to be open for us to start to get something? So I'm just going to wait for that digital download or that the way you can download it for 48 hours or something and yeah. watch it from home. I mean, that's what maybe invite some friends over and just take advantage of that. Because, I mean, I'd, re- I'd rather be safe than sorry. And even though they're thinking about, you know, you can separate the seating and, you know, only allow a certain amount of people in there. Like, I just don't trust it yeah. um, And until we have a vaccine. I just don't trust going out. Like I get tested every three weeks because it's free. So oh, whether I'll cool. go, so I, whether it's the the nostril one, which now it's self administered now, so now you can do it yourself oh. um, at the place. Um, but it's just the first one they just shoved it up there. So I was like, oh okay. Yeah, now I've they, had they that walk, done they... for the flu before. I haven't I haven't been tested really for, uh, COVID yet uh, since I don't have contact with anybody anyway. So as mm-hmm. far as as long as I just act like I do have it when I go out. Um, until I get symptoms and stuff, then I don't, uh, feel like I need to risk going to a medical facility if I don't have to. But, um, 
yeah i've had that done for the flu before uh the same like the the nostril swab mm-hmm. yeah, is is not fun but no it's like what the egyptians did to sac- or not sacrifice but to like take the brain out <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> i watched the mummy okay <laughs> oh my gosh what a classic Oh, we've got to we've got we, we've got to do an episode about uh, in any Egyptian related horror would be great. So yeah, uh, Candyman. It might they might do the VOD thing. If there is a specific movie, I recommend giving that a try, especially if you live with at least like one other person, or you're able to get together with more than one other person to watch mm-hmm. it. Um. Uh, to do one of these release because uh like all of the arts all the different fields of the arts uh movies and tv are ones that they are still able to actually put out the stuff that they finished making Uh um so if you are able to and you do want something to watch then uh it's it's a great time uh well i mean if you can't to all the listeners out there if 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 you can't afford it, then don't do it in any instance for anything. But if you do want to see some movies, it's a good time to to support, uh, especially if there's like indie movies that are put out, put out on their own platforms and stuff like that. I can't think of any examples at the time, but at this time, but um, yeah, there uh, new movies aren't being made right now. They're not being filmed right now. I guess the CDC stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then a, another step from that is, uh, well, we just had Hamilton come out on uh-huh. Disney plus live theater is completely shut down as well. And there is not the same kind of way to s- continue supporting that industry uh, when it's shut out, shut down, like there is with movies and television. Because movies and TV, yeah. we can we can buy it on Amazon or whatever. We can buy the uh-huh. DVDs, buy Blu-rays, all that kind of stuff. There isn't really that. Of course, I'm not familiar as familiar with it, but live theater, live performances, live comedy, also a huge thing. Live music, all of that. Um, like if you have a favorite, if you have a favorite band, if you have a favorite. Uh, favorite band is easy to do because you just go buy their album from their website or whatever um but uh yeah see if there's local theater local theater companies near you or something like see what those individual people are doing if you still want to keep supporting them um see if they're doing any other projects if they're doing any online projects and stuff like that mm. is my recommendation for continued su- support the art art the art stuff and of course like buy buy paintings and stuff from people <laughs> including for <laughs> me at, at uh jar.tv go buy some demon jackal paintings so there you just go kidding. i don't really care if anybody buys <laughs> stuff right now um i'm just happy if people enjoy the podcast or whatnot so speaking of promoting ourselves and stuff <laughs> Um, are you on uh, Twitter or what nights if people yeah, want to so chat I, I, with you? Yes, I'm on the Twitter. I'm on the Twitter, and you no. can follow me at Major Teach, and that's also on Instagram too, Major Teach. Major Teach, and what kind of stuff do you uh, post on there that people might enjoy? 
Oh, Lots of dog, of dog photos, yeah. Dogs. I have two Shiba Inus. Which yeah. Means that they're a Japanese dog. And just teaching stuff. I'm really into like social justice within, within education and making sure like just educating people on just some of the things I'm doing in my classroom and mm-hmm. uh, just making it accessible. Like, you know, you can try this in your classroom too. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and we were talking before we started the podcast. Um, we started start, before we started recording. You're talking about uh, how you're approaching the classroom with uh, uh, what, what did you call it? Uh, remote learning, distant learning? Yeah, di- distance learning. Yeah, it's this whole new journey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's something everybody is trying to figure out. Trying to figure out what works, and even if somebody figure out figures out something that works that it's uh every single person is a little bit different and every group of people is a little bit different um so it's all i mean that's how that's how teaching is anyway even without the added layer of distance um but uh yeah go check out marvin's Twitter and Instagram. Lots of lots of great dog photos and videos. <laughs> Thank you. And the other stuff. <laughs> I did have a, I think I've told you, maybe I didn't. Um I had a Shiba Inu. Um and a husky. Uh like in high school and like college ish. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um the the Shiba was my sister's and then they moved to a new apartment and so then we got that like they the he he moved into w- with us at uh, at my house at the time, um. So yeah, it was a it was a dark haired Shiba Inu, which is oh like more, the black and tan yeah the black and tan which is more rare I think. Mm-hmm. They're usually t- just tan and white. Uh, red, so they usually red. Like a red yeah, coat. Yeah, yeah. So it's like red is the most. Then it, then it usually goes to black or tan. And then, but, re- but really, the, other than there's red sesame is another one. So it's like a mix of red, red and black. Mm-hmm. But then, the uh, according to the American Kennel Club, the cream colored ones don't count because because the the, the 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 coat color is recessive. Ah, so they don't really like you can't show a cream colored dog in a um a show. Ah, I see. so like you know how they take them on like the competitions, like you yeah. can't do that one because they don't count to their show standards. I see. Crazy. So the, the <laughs> wait, so the cream one is the cream ones are the the most rare? Yeah, cuz it's that, recessive. The recessive. Mm-hmm. But they're also not allowed on dog you, shows. Yeah, you yeah, you can't show them. They're I cute, see. but you can't show them and put them in the competition. I got gotcha. you. Illegal cute dogs. Um, yes. <laughs> the interesting <laughs> thing is uh so my sister her husband is a triplet and um his brother and sister have like light hair and he has uh dark hair and the, the Shiba, uh, they named him Brody, um, named after the character from mall rats. Um, <laughs> he is a dark hair and his siblings were both, uh, were red Shibas. So mm-hmm. it was like kind of a funny parallel between them. All that, but those red coats. Yep. Uh, so there you go. There's uh, this has been Shiba Talk <laughs> here on TNW Podcasts. <laughs> sweet uh, to the sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I unfortunately don't have any pets currently, so I do not have cute animal photos, but I do have cute animal drawings. Uh, but go to twitch.tv slash the demon jackal and jarred.tv uh, for all the stuff that I'm doing and links to all the different Twitter things and all that. Um, I, I felt like I was going to say one last thing to talk about, and then I forgot <laughs> what it was going to be. Um, Oh, what, uh, maybe we figure out what, uh, uh, what movie to do next whenever that mm. is and how often maybe we, uh, we might do, uh, the podcast here maybe. Well, now I, I need to watch the shining. So I think that's going to be my next, uh, my list. I kind of feel like don't watch the shining. Just watch, uh, Dr. Sleep. Okay. Dr. Sleep. Okay. So I'm going to write that. I'll, I'll look book. into what the best way to watch it. I don't think it's on any of the streaming services yet because mm-hmm. it just came out on home video, like in March. But, um, yeah, you probably, it, it you probably rent it for like a dollar somewhere. Oh, have you, have you done Redbox since all of this? Have you ever done Redbox? I haven't done, I haven't done Redbox since college. <laughs> <laughs> so Redbox, I I use it a lot because the the grocery store that I go to, all the grocery stores that I usually go to have it, and it just seems like a really bad idea now. That yeah, seems yeah, like a prime. Yeah. It, it's basically a virus dispensing machine. <laughs> Unless they have some sort of like, uh, there's no way that it has like a built-in. It doesn't sanitization system. Maybe we could, we could alternate between uh, a new movie for you or, and a new movie for me. Yeah. I I, I like that. That kind of thing. So uh, we'll decide on the next one, uh, which, (laughs) which movie you would recommend that I should see. We'll decide that after we talk about Dr. Sleep. Okay. Uh, Sometime (laughs) in the future, whether it's weeks, a week, weeks, a month, Maybe a monthly thing. I don't know. Let's see, I was kind of thinking it would be cool if we did Candyman two next month. Ooh, Candyman three right before the right before the new one comes yeah, out. Yeah, and then Candyman three in September, and then the new one when it comes out. Fingers crossed. Yeah, be kind of cool. I'll be down. But I have to figure out. It's uh the second and third movies aren't on like not on Netflix. Anything. I don't, they, they, they were. They were on Prime at first, and they took it off. Oh, man. That's how I watched them. I was like, oh, let me rewatch these. It's, it's on Prime. And then, like, a week or two later, because I, I don't know how they determine when... I don't know how they determine which one to take off and put on, but yeah. it was on there, and then it, it was off, and it kept going on and off. I'm like, can you decide if you're going to keep it on right. Amazon Prime, or are you going to take it? And so they finally just took it off. But I think Candyman 1 is both on Prime and on Netflix. Yes, it is. I watched it on Netflix. Uh, I wonder if it's on one of those because they have like those sub channels that are like five dollars a month or whatever. And there's uh-huh. there's a couple of different ones. Like there's one that's like Blood and Monsters or something like that. Something weird like that. Uh, the uh, thematic, great thematic. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I wonder if it's on. It's probably available to watch on one of those. I bet. But we'll talk about that on the next episode. All right, thanks for joining me <laughs> of Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> uh, cool. Thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. We, t- we talked forever. Um, 
but yeah, we'll figure out when uh, when we're going to talk next. Uh, thanks for joining me, Marvin. Oh, thank uh, you. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, everybody be safe out there. Uh, wh- whatever you're doing, uh, do it safely and, uh, you know, be just be nice to people. And wear your masks. Wear your masks. It's <laughs> such a simple thing, if only just as a gesture of caring about the people around you. Anyway, yes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you again to Marvin. And thank you. We will uh, see you next time. Here see on ya. TIW Podcast. I said that weird. TIW Podcast. <laughs> Back to you, John.